What's up and welcome back to the Kind of Funny Screencast. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes and I'm joined by the sad boy himself, Bear Courtney. Tim, where was the quote? Where was the quote? I had a quote ready, Tim. <laughs> no, you ruined it. You are a great warrior, Tim, but your need to prove yourself will be your undoing. There you go. Also joining us today is Pixel Circus's own Sage Ryan. Hello. That's a good quote right there. That's a strong opening, and you didn't hesitate at all. Your yes. timing was impeccable. Impeccable. Thank Welcome you, back, you. Sage. Good to see you thank again. Good you. to have you on good the show. And rounding out the group today, of course, it's the one and only Anthony Carboni. Carboni, I have a question for you. Yes, Tim. I, do a lot of people call you Anthony? Because I feel like somewhere along the line, mm -hmm. I started calling you Carboni and never looked back. And I realized that a lot of people in our circles call you Carboni, but like, what what are your circles? It's Anthony. about yeah, it's about half and half. I think there wow. I think there are groups of people that call me Carboni because Carboni's a fun name. It's so good, so fun. Uh, but it, it's really funny. I have a younger sister who always went by Carboni, wanted to go by Carboni, That's and so cool. when we're and so when we're together, she is the only Carboni. That's the only <laughs> she's it's, it only be it's one. the only way the it's rule allowed. Of one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, in our Carboni circle, he's just one. Anthony. Mm -hmm. It's so funny because if you, if someone said Anthony, I wouldn't think of him. <laughs> Like that's, that's nuts so to me. <laughs> you own the Carboni though. That that's all you. Oni Carboni. Oni one Oni Car Oni one Carboni. We before the show started, we were trying to figure out how to get penultimate episode and Obi Wan Kenobi into a thing, and we didn't quite get it. But you know what? It doesn't matter because this. I think it's Penobi. I think it's probably Penobi. Unfortunately, Penobi I'm not proud that it is, but it yeah. is. Yeah, but I am proud that this is the kind of funny screencast where each and every week we get together to talk about the latest in TV, movies, and trailers. And right now, things are popping off. If you like The Boys, Stranger Things, Miss Marvel, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Thor Love and Thunder, guess what? You're in the right place. YouTube.com slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com. If you want to get this as a podcast, go to your favorite podcast service, search for kind of funny screencast. It will be right there for you. If you want to get the show ad free, if you want to watch live as we record it, patreon.com slash kind of funny, just like our patreon producers gordon mcguire molecule and fargo brady today we're brought to you by shopify and athletic greens but i'll tell you all about that later i want to get right into it sage let's start with you you're raring to go on this one what are your thoughts on episode five so I had to rewatch the episode because I was very, very tired last night and I uh, like was falling asleep through it and I was missing things and I knew it and I was trying so hard and then I rewatched it and I was like holy shit how that was such an incredible episode. I think when we all set out for the Obi-Wan series, we were like, all right, we're definitely going to get a little Vader. And initially it was like, ooh, there's going to be an, we know that there's going to be a cameo from Anakin, right? We're going to see him at some point. I never could have predicted getting this much Vader. And I'm so happy about it. I feel so incredibly fulfilled by this series. Oh, and he was good in this one too. Yeah, go, <laughs> so go for it. Go good. for it, Carboni. Uh, I love this. You know, last week we were talking about how the the way a lot of these Disney Plus shows are structured is you miss a little along the way, but then when they hit the third act, things come things come at you strong, uh, and they really did. I think I think this satisfied a lot of the a lot of the hanging threads where I was like, this is too loose, this is too nebulous. Uh, I need more, especially with Riva. I I needed more grounding for the character and. We definitely got that, and uh, I was I was extremely extremely happy with this episode. Bear bear, 
Yeah, I'm 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 the same way. Like we talked about last week, uh, last week's episode was where the show started to lose me a little bit, just because like structurally, it felt the same as episode three and didn't give me enough to ignore that. Whereas like this episode, I think the bones and the structure almost are are very similar to the last couple, but because we got the meat, the drama this episode, the kind of character building that we've been waiting for that we were expecting in an act three because that's all coming together. This was absolutely fantastic. I um, was like uh, staying up to watch it at midnight and like uh, because school is out, Alyssa was also uh, awake for a bit, but she was starting to go to bed uh, right when we got to midnight. I was like, all right, let me put on my headphones um, to to watch the episode and it was like kind of like pointless because the first shot I just like kind of gasped very loudly anyway. So it's like, all right, well, I might as well have just, just, you know, kept this uh, going up on the sound bar. And that's just that was my entire mood up until the very end of the episode, which we'll, we'll, we'll have to talk about because kind of a little bit like last week's episode, like I, I liked it fine. But it was like really at the end of last week's episode where I was a little concerned of like, all right, where are we going in the next episode? And I do have that same feeling a little bit going to the last episode here where they end this one. But overall of just like everything um, else uh, that happened in the episode and how it's all paced out, uh, I got a lot of like not just ignoring just the um, kind of flashback stuff of just what the actual episode is like where they're currently at like i was getting like very similar like battle of hoth vibes and stuff like that of just like and like true to that like star wars has tried to kind of redo battle of hoth in like other scenarios in star wars media and this is the first time where i really felt like oh like this is actually like hitting that same like kind of level of defeat already before the battle has even begun before like uh and that level of success that I really haven't felt since they did Battle of Hoth, and I, I was really impressed by that. So, yeah, there's a lot to uh, talk about, but, yeah, overall, that's just – that's uh, those were my main takeaways from the episode. Yeah, this one for me kind of uh, brought everything together in a way that I think was really necessary for this show in terms of all the different plot threads and kind of the character development, especially characters like Reva. Uh, we've been seeing this kind of like b- building up to this moment. All of the four of us have kind of talked about how it's super obvious that she was a youngling and whatever. But I really like how they eventually revealed that and told the audience. I think that it was uh, a really nice kind of release. Um, and when we see her battle Vader, like that was a great moment. Like, that was a cool fight scene. It was seeing Vader in live action. Like Sage was saying, I I didn't expect to see this much of him in the show. And to see him face off against her, have that be as cool as it was, and have it end the way that it did, and, like, where she stands as a character right now. And even just, like, kind of the plot points, we were kind of wondering, like, is she going to be mad at Obi-Wan? for like abandoning her or is she mad at Anakin or what is it? And I like the direction they took with it. It kind of wasn't what I expected. And I think they did a really good job with that. Um, Opening the episode with the flashback, seeing Coruscant, especially in the daytime. Like there's just something about all of it that, you know, it's just given us what we want from what this show is. They promoted Hayden Christensen. They promoted uh, Ewan McGregor and seeing them together, seeing them swing those fucking light sticks like it's a goddamn circus, like the most prequel-ass fight scene of all time. I'm like, yes, this is awesome. You, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so all that stuff was great. I'm with Barrett that the end of this episode 
maybe even worse than Barrett. It really bummed me out. This is the one thing I was telling you guys I didn't want to see is don't put Luke in peril. Don't make Obi-Wan have to go save him. And that looks like it's exactly what they're doing, which I kind of see as a bummer in the sense of, you know, we always hear the critiques of like, oh, we're going back to Tatooine. And oh, it's all, everything's connected. This feels like the most like, really guys? We're not only going back to Tatooine. I'll tell you this. I I have some thoughts when we get to that. I have some thoughts on some ways that they may be upending those those sort of Good. expectations. Okay. I hope. But I hope. We'll, we'll yeah. talk. I, I, cause I, I, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little nervous about it. Like that moment really at the end felt like almost like fan fiction y of like, now it's all about Luke again kind of stuff. And it was just like, all right, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear what uh, Carboni has to uh, say about it. Um, but, yeah. The, my, my, my final thoughts on it uh, just overall are like, I'm, I'm really enjoying the show, but I, I really, personally feel like it's not hitting the highs that i kind of wish that it could and maybe maybe my expectations are just too high even for like like what star wars is these days and what even can be and what this show can be i mean hayden christensen's old so there's no getting over the fact that doing a flashback he's not a 17 year old he looks like an old man and if you can't get past that it's going to be a problem i can get past right. it i Great. love what they did i thought it looked really good i literally was yeah. sitting there going holy shit hayden christian look christensen looks amazing yeah, I didn't have that same thought, but I think that's okay. I just think that in terms of the storylines and the terms of what they're doing, I, he doesn't look yeah. seventeen. True. Yeah, and again, I I'm willing to be okay with that. Um, yeah. But I, I think that in terms of the storytelling of this show and what this show actually is and what it's accomplishing and what it's trying to do, uh, it feels more like a Star Wars comic come to life than I think we've ever seen before. And that's not a bad thing at all. But I do think that it's lesser than compared to what I would have hoped a Kenobi series was going to kind of tackle. Um, and the, 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 the Hoth references that Barrett was making, it feels more to me like this was like a mission in a video game come to life. And again, these aren't bad things I'm saying. I just think that for Kenobi being this marquee thing of bringing back the, the prequel era actors into a TV show, I'm kind of like let down in a similar way that I was with Boba Fett, where I'm like, this is not what I, what I thought this could have been. But um, having said all that, like I, that's not me being negative on it. It's just, I'm not praising this as the best Star Wars thing I've seen from Disney that I think a lot of people are. I'm like, you know what? This is, this is pretty damn good. This is pretty damn good and that's okay. Yeah. I will come in with the hype and say that this is still my favorite Star Wars television. I have been screaming at every single episode. I thought Hayden Christensen looked phenomenal, obviously given the context of knowing that he is a grown-ass man. Um, I think they did good work on that. I thought that fight scene was so ridiculously incredible. I think it is some of the best fight choreography that we have seen. Um, obviously, I'm a big fan of Kylo Ren fight choreography. I'm a, I'm a Kylo stan forever. Yeah. Uh, but I think that like the elevation that we're able to get to where they didn't know what they were doing on the originals. They just didn't have the budget to have truly properly like choreographed fight scenes like this nor were we really at a place where movies were doing that and then in the prequels there's like cgi things that bug but like the choreography is getting better this is like this hit this fight scene for me so freaking well um and for me personally like this series overall has hit everything i, I didn't really have any expectation of what i guess it would be going into it, because obviously we didn't know about Leia. We didn't know about any of these characters that were going to pop up in it. Um, but it being, to me, it is simultaneously, we know Obi-Wan's story, right? Like, it's an Obi-Wan series, and it is, and I think it's more an Obi-Wan series than Boba Fett was a Boba Fett series, for instance. Um, but 
I think this episode highlighted something that this series is also about, and it is the rebellion becoming an army. They said in this episode, we are not an army. We don't know how to fight. We're just, they were just kind of like smuggling immigrants, essentially, previously. Um, and obviously, like, Anthony and I talked about this a lot last time, too, of, like, it very much feels like there's a ton of ties into the Holocaust and things like that. There's the carvings in the wooden rooms and the smuggling systems and all of that. The um, Railroad, all of that. Stuff. Literally, yeah. Um, so I think that the story of how the rebellion became an army, which it is by the time that we've come to really know and understand the rebellion from just a bunch of fucking scared people underground was so like breathtakingly important to me in the Star Wars lore and canon. That is what made this like, this is such an important moment in Star Wars overall to me more than just like, well, you saved baby Leia. We know you saved Leia. Of course you did. We've seen it. We know Leia's going to be okay. And that's great. We know where Obi-Wan ends up and that's excellent. We've seen the before and after, but that's that moment that we haven't explored for me that was just like absolutely majestic um, and and also heartbreaking, <laughs> fucking horrifying as well. Yeah. Well, totally. and we talked about how that was the big miss with with Boba Fett is we we sort of skipped from act one to act three, whereas like we we didn't get that act two. This is supposed to be the act two for the rebellion uh, and we didn't get that act two for Boba Fett. So it is mm -hmm. kind of nice that they're laying the groundwork and showing us the cool part before they, sh you know, the, the cool part of the building of it before they skip to like, and everybody's fine. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah. like Boba, whereas like Boba Fett was very like, no, he did a lot of cool stuff, but that's over now. Right. And he's an old guy and he wants to do, and he wants to settle down. And it's like, I don't want to see Boba Fett cash in his 401k. Like <laughs> <laughs> he's dealing with the space cancer Luke gave him. Yeah. Carboni, what's your, your take on the Luke situation? So, okay, Vader didn't see the hologram. Reva saw the hologram. Reva knows where Luke is. Yep. This is going to be a very, I think they're turning this into a very pivotal scene for Reva because we are leaving Reva in a very angry place. Vader has played her. Vader has also successfully convinced her that Obi-Wan has played her because that's very new. And now she's going to be in a place where she's going, to, I think we're going to see her go after Luke and decide in that moment what kind of person she wants to be. Uh, because we know that Obi-Wan and Vader cannot fight on Tatooine. Mm -hmm. We know that's not going to happen. So what is this confrontation about? Who, who will be there? And we know at the very least it will be Reva. Mm -hmm. But then who, will, who else is going to Tatooine? Is Bail Organa going to Tatooine? I think so. Is Bail Organa going to try to convince this this woman who is a Sith, wants to, was pretending to be the Grand Inquisitor, to let this child live? How does that play out? I don't think we're going to see the scene on Tatooine that we all expect. I don't know if it'll be something where we're all like, oh, well, I'm glad they brought Luke in. But I do think it's going to upend our expectations a little bit in a way that will at least make it, I hope it's at least uh, a good closing moment for Reva, a good third act for her, where mm -hmm. if we see her again, she will know what side she's on and who she's fighting if she pops up in a in a future series. Uh, what what do you when you say like it's not what we think it's gonna be, what what are you even talking about? When I, you know, I think most people expect Obi-Wan's gonna rush back to Tatooine. Mm -hmm. 
and Obi-Wan is going to have a big lightsaber battle with somebody on Tatooine. Vader's going to find out, but Vader can't find out, right? Like, there are a lot of things that people expect are going to happen that are like, I don't think is the way it's going to work. And I think even if Obi-Wan does show up back on Tatooine, I still don't think we see a big lightsaber fight or anything over Luke. You know? Yeah, um, yeah I'm with you, yeah. Yeah, especially because, uh, like, uh, you know, like, Luke doesn't, the first time Luke sees Vader is in A New Hope when he's about to kill Obi-Wan, right? Like, he doesn't even really know who, like, what Vader is as an entity. He just kind of knows about the Empire a little bit. He doesn't um, even believe in the Force. And like, Yeah, and it's not like... If you've seen Vader, you know the Force. He's never seen, like, Obi-Wan be, like, a, a like a crazy badass or anything. Like, it's never, it's not going to come to that where, like, you know, mm -hmm. Luke is literally, like... Obi-Wan's the weird cave guy who gives yeah, him strange exactly. toys. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's not related to us. Why does he keep giving me presents? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like so what I was saying last week about the the Luke thing, it's like my fear is it's just going to put Luke in a situation of peril that just seems a little too dramatic for the backstory that we know about him. And this is always the problem with prequels, where they just start adding stuff that like doesn't necessarily contradict things we know, and it's not like it's like. Luke has this storied backstory, but like that's kind of what I like about it is he was just this boring little farm boy that didn't have adventure. So if he faces off against anyone with a lightsaber in any way, not even faces off, yeah. if he's a young child facing mm -hmm. a lightsaber, like that's not something he's gonna forget, you know? Luke, like and when yeah, Obi-Wan introduces a lightsaber. lightsaber, yeah, remember that Luke can't see a lightsaber because Obi-Wan tells him what a lightsaber is when and that's my fear. To. I don't think I they're. I think he's going to see Reba. No, they're I, breaking I canon, no, no. and every time they've proven that they're not going to do it. People said yeah. the same thing with the Grand Inquisitor. They keep doing that. We're like, exactly. they're going against the canon, and like, it's like, no, no, they're not. Let them tell the story. I think we're going to see. We're going to see uh, Ben and Beru's uh, uh, homestead off in the distance, mm -hmm. as you know, maybe as Reva is approaching. But I think whatever conflict happens, mm -hmm. happens with that homestead far in the distance. I hope you're and, right. Yeah. And the Skywalkers will not even know what's going on far away from their little farm. And I think, because yep. remember, the other yep. thing that happens by the end of this is that Obi-Wan stops pressuring to train anybody. Yep. Right? Obi-Wan pulls this stuff as far away from everybody as possible. And I so Obi-Wan and Reva... I, I, I don't think it's Bail because uh, we got to think of like it all started with uh, Reva trying to get information out of Owen. And then like mm -hmm. and then she sees the hologram in this episode where she's starting to put things together of like, oh, my God, that farmer guy I talked to on Tatooine, which is a planet I just heard that I was just recently on. It's all coming together. I think Owen's going to be the one who like has this conversation with her. I'd love to see Owen have a conversation with her. Yeah. I would actually, I, that would be really lovely. That would be great. And, and I think that's going lovely. to, and I think that situation that he is going to be forced into of like, almost like not having like a fight conflict, but having like this, I'm going to try to like, let's not fight. And I'm going to try to talk you down to, from wherever you're feeling right now. I think that's going to give him leverage to be like, you're keeping this shit away from Luke as far as possible. Mm -hmm. And like, and that's like how that's going to be like the, the kind of resolution there for now. And like why, like in a new hope, he's still telling Luke, like stay away from that man, like stay away yeah. from him. I don't want you near him. Yeah. Sage, I want, I want to hear your counterpoint to that. But before we get to that, let me tell you about our sponsors. 
This episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I've been using AG1 the last few months because I figured it was well past time I start thinking about vitamins, but I'm usually not the biggest fan of their format. So being able to drink a flavored water is much more up my alley. And I'm a huge fan here of the fact that it doesn't taste super healthy. It kind of has like this mild tropical taste to it that I look forward to every morning. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash kindoffunny. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash kind of funny to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance athleticgreens.com slash kind of funny this episode is brought to you by shopify shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved only for big businesses to everyone so upstarts startups established businesses content creators alike can sell everywhere synchronize online and in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed i love how shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to across the globe. Our content creator friends use Shopify to manage all their merch sales and stuff. And I recently got Gia a pair of Allbirds from the Allbirds website, which also uses Shopify. So that's an example of big websites using Shopify for their sales. You can gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting on conversion rates, profit margins, and to help you supercharge your knowledge of your sales and your success. You can go to shopify.com slash KF games, all lowercase for a free 14 day trial, and you can get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash kfgames right now. That's shopify.com slash kfgames for a free 14-day trial. Shopify.com slash kfgames. Go for it, Sage. So here's the thing. I think actually that conversation, I, I think it can be done well. I do have my concerns about it being repetitive of this like almost fight between Owen and Reva that we already saw once of like, you give me information. But it's no, poetry, I won't. It's We're not going to fight. Yeah. Right. Have you heard of have fine. you heard of ring storytelling? <laughs> and that's fine. And we can see it again. But like, I don't need it again personally. Um, and I do think as well, like... There's every possibility that Luke has encountered Bale and has no understanding because he was a child of who that is, who Bail Organa was. Bail Organa probably wouldn't walk up and be like, hello, I'm from Alderaan. Like, nice to meet you. I'm royalty. This is very important. Um, So I don't think that that happens. I think she gets there and they're just fucking gone because we've only got one more episode too. And there's so much to resolve right now. I don't think that Obi-Wan is coming back at all. He's got to finish what he's doing with Leia. He's with the rebellion right now. There's no way that he is able to break off and get to Tatooine logically in my mind. Um, I think that uh, Bail Organa is just going to have to have it handled because he said it. He was like, if I don't hear from you, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to Owen. And here's the other thing that would bother me about uh, Reva and Owen having a conversation is her hearing that hologram and thinking, oh, the one and only Owen by just the first name Owen in the entire galaxy. There's only one Owen. You've only ever met well, one it, it's Owen. Also oh, it's also Tatooine. Yeah, it, the hologram does say Tatooine as well. But like, you and, even remember his name? I'd never remember that guy's name. <laughs> but you know what? But here's the other thing. And here's the other thing, you guys. 
nothing happens on Tatooine. Right. <laughs> Why would it be Tatooine? <laughs> okay. Uh, but I do want to say, okay, but I do want to say, like, yes, because there has to be, there has to be the full conflict between Obi-Wan and Vader. That is episode six, and we know that that is not happening. I hope, I hope that is not happening on Tatooine. I don't believe it is. Yeah, um, me too. Uh, so that, so Obi-Wan is not going back. We still have not seen that half helmet, that half helmet Anakin Vader that we were promised. Maybe it was just promotional art, but boy, I would really love to see that in motion. You well, know we what didn't I mean? get the Clone Wars thing yet either. Like, are we about to get both of those things in the next episode? Like that could be freaking awesome. I want to say that, uh, having this, having this attack of the clones era, like flashback to start off this episode and really ground everything oh my god it was so lovely and to just, finally be a, see. just be a metaphor for the entire episode and their current conflict that like that's just yeah. that is this good classic almost cheesy but the perfect level cheesy of star wars storytelling and, and it's, it it's in multiple ways because it wasn't only a mirror of the conflict between anakin and obi-wan but then it became a mirror of the conflict between vader and reva as well mm -hmm. because she fought like anakin did the way that like he smacked and like hit again which you never see a jedi do obviously she fought like he did from such a place of rage and i thought that that was another excellent mirror at the end of the episode yeah. But it's also great because this means, like, it. of course you put this, seeing them young, young-ish, Tim, seeing them <laughs> young-ish, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and having this classic fight before we see whatever this fight is going to be in six is really nice. Also, I don't, did y'all notice, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but did you notice that the building that Anakin was just staring off into like when he was on, when he was, when he was looking out and Obi-Wan comes in and he's like, oh, we're going to have our little play fight now. Um, I think that was Padme's apartment building. I think uh, people on Twitter were pointing that out. The too. double, the, the double skyscraper dome thing. Yeah, I think that was Padme's thing apartment. Is is like when you look at like those comparison shots. Like there are way more buildings around everywhere in uh, Episode Three, and I don't know if that's just because of like time, like more, like if that's what they're trying to like do. Yeah, is, like a concept of artistic like, license. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I do think that's um, you're right on that. One thing I want to shout out seeing in live action for the first time. Now, we got a variation of this in episode nine, but I'm just not going to count it. Uh, but seeing Vader straight up force pull down a a flying ship, like, that is, like, one of the most, like, Star Wars video gamey-ass things ever. But to see it yeah. live action, I was like, this is awesome. Vader's just been great. In well, that was the most terrifying yeah. person in the galaxy. In that moment, it was just like, holy shit. Him ripping the ship apart? Oh, oh. And God, it was another was cool. one of those things where, where people, when they saw, like, Kylo do it, and then they saw Rey do it, they were like, well, how were they able to pull that? Like, even Vader wasn't able to do that. And so I was like, oh, I love that they showed not only was Vader able to do that, he was able to do that so much more easily than either of the two of them could. The fight, ripping. The fight with Reva where he is just cat and mousing her before he even draws a blade. He is just her, her tiny, back. tiny hand motions, just throwing her flipping mm -hmm. her like pushing her back with like not even like the big motions that you see in the prequels but tiny little just just perfect psychic level motions where he does like a tiny hand flip and she goes like flipping out of control 
Just oh my God. showing the power of Vader was amazing. The Force versus lightsaber fight, it was just such a cool thing that I didn't know I wanted. And like yeah. that to me is like a moment where I'm like, this episode is the reason why this show's kind of coming together for me. It's like, oh, okay, cool. We're getting some new stuff that like I didn't expect to see that like really kind of wowed me because that whole scene, it just it escalated so nicely. Like just the, the lightsaber getting cut in two. Barrett, you just brought it up with the, yeah. the stance, all yeah, that there, stuff. There's like, like oh. a lot of uh, parallels between uh, what they did here and a, a lot from this episode in general and just like uh, uh, Ahsoka and the last season of Clone Wars. Yes. Uh, like using the double lightsaber. I love that. Like he splits the Inquisitor lightsaber and even throws her one half of it yep. at some point as well it, to kind of like a, in a very interesting, like almost non Vader way, like give her a fighting chance at least a little bit, like almost like uh, toying with his, his food a little bit, toying with his prey a little yeah. bit. Agreed. Um, and I think he sees himself in her enough to be like, yeah, all right, keep fighting. Well, this is funny. And he's also, yeah, and he's also just like, you dummy. This is what yeah. you asked for, so this is what you're going to get. You think I didn't know the whole time? You think you're hiding your thoughts from Darth Vader? He's like, if this is what you wanted, this is what you'll have now. Here comes the confrontation that you thought you wanted. And let me show you how easily, how easily I win. Let me show you how dumb you were. Here's your buddy, yeah. the Grand Inquisitor, you moron. Like, <laughs> he, like that that pettiness that he learned from Palpatine is just so there throughout that thing where it's like, this is only the way of the plan unfolded because this is the way you wanted the plan to unfold. So look at you. You did this to yourself. But if Can you live, Obi-Wan Kenobi did it. Bye. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, I, I want to talk about Reva because like, I, I, it was so frustrating and we were kind of uh, talking about this a little bit before recording of like everybody's kind of like uh, assumptions and tossing things uh, like kind of to the wayside to just like already kind of at attack her as a character and stuff only knowing the first act of the story without the full story being told like Carboni you were saying that earlier like we don't know the full story yet like let's get the full story before we start bringing in like the any major critiques about them like breaking canon and breaking these ideas and stuff like that like you know people were upset of like oh how does she know that Vader's Anakin when barely that's something that's barely even known in the the empire like the We're grand inquisitor barely it. even knows like he's got his suspicions and it's like yeah well they had a moment literally about that where kenobi's like he would want that hidden how do you know yeah. this and the way that he kind of discovers like feeling her through the force a little bit uh at least that was the implication i got and like kind of like getting this other hit of just like another perspective of like what order 66 did to somebody else, not just his perspective on like losing this Padawan, but understanding from her side of like, you know, the reason that, you know, like this, her whole mission has been to hunt Vader as he puts it, which was such a great fucking line, but also of like her rage at him is because she's like, he was your Padawan. What the fuck did you do? And like, right. I, it was so and fucking because good as a and child, but yeah, the look of heartbreak on on Obi Wan's face because she was a child, she couldn't have possibly understood how how completely they fooled all of like like. Remember, Obi Wan was sent away. Everyone was sent away, and Obi Wan was like, I don't know. You know, everybody was just like, I don't know, should we all be going off in these different directions? And it's like, she has no idea. All and she there was knows that is moment kid. we talked about where yeah. we were talking about that Obi-Wan was there for a moment and he was like, don't look. Like Yoda was like, don't, you don't want to watch that. And he mm -hmm. started watching it and turned it off. And because she survived that attack, she was there somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere and, and she was really there cool. describing that she was laying 
pile of bodies. <laughs> what what's really cool about this to me is, you know, this this being a sequel to episode three in so many ways. And like it gets our minds thinking, like, what would we want to see? Like, what would be cool? And I feel like the the single line of the night of order 66, you were a youngling that Obi-Wan says to her. It's like, oh my God, yeah, like that is such a great thing to have this now inquisitor being the, her origin story being one of the younglings that survived getting slaughtered that we that is like to call it yeah. a meme like it is also a meme but like jokes aside of it like that is one of the most uh like intense movie moments in in my history of anakin going in and killing the little kids like that is when that is something that i don't think any of us would have ever expected to see at that time at this time no. disney no disney it doesn't matter like that was such a moment of like oh my god Anakin is evil now. Like yeah. he is Darth Vader and there's no going back and Darth Vader is absolutely maniacal. And to now get the story of what that could have done to these poor kids, especially with like the the trigger warning before the episode and all that mm -hmm. stuff with everything going on in the world right now, it's like whew, it's some dark scary shit, man. Yeah. And, and to to have to have Vader repeat that to her to say like to to call her a youngling. Yeah. Yep. When he's fighting yeah, Reba and say, the... I have no further use for you. Yeah. Did you know? anybody suspect that Reva was uh, up against Vader, like there to hunt Vader? I know. I, no. I, I no, right? personally know, but I had seen like I think comments even in like in our videos and like some chatter of like people guessing of like she might actually be trying to like w do something against vader like a, a shout out to someone in our audience yeah. I think so justified predicted. but i never yeah. saw it coming i thought there might be an eventual turn at some point but i didn't think it was her plan all along i thought it might have been more like something that happened with uh with like Iden versio where she's like committed mm -hmm. to the cause but then she's like oh wait i'm seeing more and more of this scene. yeah she well seems so yeah. well <laughs> um but i wanted to i wanted to talk about some of the other you man you know i did some translating and some other stuff of some stuff that was going on uh there was some cool stuff that was going on uh where the wall for the path where like obi-wan was like looking at it and, and you know reading some stuff uh turns out a lot of people were on the path uh so they mentioned on there i i, I paused and i looked at the arabesh and there's uh raganda ismarin uh chin atlas and most importantly Corwin Shelvey was there. Corwin Shelvey's name is on the uh, is on the wall at the path, and Corwin is uh, somebody who uh, he's a Legends Jedi, and he escaped uh, Order sixty six. And in the uh, in in the old Legends ca uh, canon, he tried to save as many Jedi as possible, which is now something that we have a lot of characters doing. But he also, uh, he was like fighting with the rebellion the whole time in the background, according to Legends canon. And he actually like tried to sabotage the Death Star too. Like he's been around. And so seeing Corwin Shelvey's name in on on the wall there, I was like, dang, they're really doing it. They're cool really doing it. You know, it was like when they showed when they were when when Obi Wan says Quinlan was here, and I was like, Quinlan Voss is real. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I know he's in the current canon because of Clone Wars and everything, but just hearing these characters, that acknowledgement, seeing them on the path, and being like, there's so much of like, oh, this character's alive. This person is here. You know, uh, they're also it also says Tiberius, which might be Tiberius Anderlock, who is a, who's another character who is around and. 
So it's just cool to see that they're sort of using the path to like put these things in the background. And I think gauge people's reactions, you know, a little bit and be like, is there a way to put this person in? And where do we put this person in? So that was fun. It's exciting that. that all of those people are alive. Uh, let's talk about who's not alive. Let's talk about Tala and let's talk about Ned mm. B because oh. my heart. Oh. Yeah. I think speak that louder than words. It all came together. Uh, one of the most successfully heartbreaking scenes in Star Wars for me was Ned B leaning down to protect her with its whole body. This droid who can't speak. Yep. This droid who, oh my God. And just like they set that up, they planted that seed so well. It worked on me exactly. It yep. was orchestrated perfectly to hurt my feelings. I, mm -hmm. I'm, a good, I'm a sucker for a good may the force be with you sacrifice. Yeah. And oh, they just nailed it. I God, was surprised. That well. <laughs> they got a droid death to hit me more than K2SO, which I didn't think would have been possible because I, I right? like that's such a moment. But like to have like more of the kind of like her looking at because like, K2SO kind of like is, is speaking over the the mic and it's like, you know, like climb and then he he dies. But to have Tala like be right there with him and like like tears are running down her face because she knows she's it's at her end, but she also has like kind of feelings for this droid um, mm -hmm. of just like the companionship of like he's been around to help her and stuff like that, and just to to see him like sacrifice him, himself for for her like that was just uh, so straight hard. up getting Tala's, about it. <laughs> yeah, getting Tala's context too because that was a little something that I think we were all were we were all kind of had in the back of our head where she wasn't. She has a personality uh, was clearly defined, and I knew where her heart was. But, mm -hmm. but it was it was good for me to get that context of like, no, I wasn't somebody with the path who was pretending to be an officer who was no, I was an officer, and I saw what happened, and then I joined the path. Whereas, like, as far as we knew, she was somebody who stole a uniform and some clearance. You know Agreed. what I mean? So, That's what I thought so, up to this point. Yeah, and so it was nice to get the to get her mm -hmm. story a little bit and. But unfortunately, the moment she told that story, I was like, oh, they're going to no, kill Tala. Die. Yeah. I was like, oh, no, Tala's going to die now. Uh, <sighs> I even like seeing Haja come yep. back and be like, I'm going to do my best here. Uh, there's also some money to be made, but I'm also going to yeah. do my best here. <laughs> Loved it. You know, so <laughs> I, I thought for a second when they start running away, which like, uh, uh, like, I'm going to be honest, as far as escape plans go, like it wasn't the best. Uh, like, I feel like they should have already been in the ship to wait for Leia to open up this door. And then it wasn't until they opened up the door. They're like, all right, now let's run into the ship. It's like, all right, we should have been in the ship already. Uh, I was thinking that too. But then the scene happened where he came in and tore that ship apart. And I no. was like, Ah, maybe actually planning like the ability to run and not be like cornered in somewhere in case it doesn't open because yeah. that ship is only useful to them. Otherwise, it's just like, let's close ourselves in this room. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> let's put us all in one little nice clump for Vader to smash. But, but when he's running away and stuff started falling out of his pocket, I thought it was literally like he had already swindled people for money somehow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the fact that it was like the, the communicator and stuff like that, I was like, oh, no, that's going to. That's gonna bite them in the ass. Um, I yep. really want him and Hondo uh, to meet oh my in, God. Uh, That'd in, be awesome. in live action form. If Hondo was part of Hondo's crew for a little while, I would I, be so happy. I, I need yeah, a show, man. Star Wars, I know you're listening. I need a show with Hondo, Haja, mm -hmm. and uh, Dex. Lando. Lando. Well, put Dex, him in the Lando series. Lando yeah. series yes. would be good too. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. Put. Uh, they're all just like. They're all just running scams. 
You know what I mean? Oh my god. That's rad. You know, the really Ocean's rad. Eleven of space, and it's Lando, Hondo, Haja. Oh my god. And Dex. Don't forget oh. Dex. Uh, uh, over on our Patreon live chat, uh, one Cameron Kennedy asks, who was flying the first ship? Was that autopilot, I would imagine. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I would imagine it was a decoy ship, so it was an autopilot situation. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. That makes sense, yeah. So, closing up the episode here, uh, how excited are you guys for the finale? I don't want it to end. <laughs> I love it so much. It's This is the problem that I have with the pacing of all of these Disney Plus shows, whether it's Marvel, whether it's Star Wars, whether it's whatever. These six-episode, three-act structures this is where I'm this is where I'm hyped. This is where I'm in. This is where I want more. And I wish we had four episodes to go from here. So I am extremely hyped. But I I I wish I had felt this way. I wish they had given that third act a little more room to breathe. Oh my gosh. If this had been episode four, yeah. I would have been like, oh my God. Yeah. I, where I, are I just we think going? it needed to be a twelve episode season. <laughs> I, I appreciate like I, I like the just okay. six episodes. I think it honestly could have been five episodes. So like thinking back on episode three and four, I think there could have been some things that you combined in there a little bit because they got a little too repetitive for me personally. Um, but then to also like give uh I, I think doing that would have given uh the final act a, a little more time to breathe, which I I, I would have liked. I'm really excited. Um I'm nervous as well, uh, just to see what they're they're gonna try to do with uh Luke and how they're gonna tie that in. Um, I'm 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 hopeful for what uh, Carboni is saying though of like uh, and and Sage uh, talking about like it's gonna be uh, something for Reva to kind of like end her character arc with uh, with someone else there not Obi Wan because Obi's gotta fight Vader again. There's no way he's going to Tatooine to have the last face off be her and then Vader. That doesn't entirely make yeah. a lot of sense. So um, hear me out. Yeah, Looney Tunes style. The entire episode is from Luke's perspective as noises keep waking him up and he just oh keeps God. going for water. And in the window, you see everybody <laughs> fighting in the background. And then every time he looks out of the window, like, is that a noise? Like, nothing. nothing he doesn't see right. anything. Yeah. The second he turns around, somebody gets knocked over. Yeah. This is, hear me out. That's a, no. That's the finale. <laughs> uh, someone uh, also uh, Justin Marshall uh, watching live in the Patreon chat asks is it going to end I hope this is all we get I, I don't need a Kenobi season 2 um, I would like to see Kenobi maybe pop up in some some other Obi things Obi 2 Kenobi you don't uh, need it 2 Obi 2 Kenobi um, yeah I don't I personally don't need it especially with like us getting Vader so like like in the six episode thing, if this was a multi a multiple season thing, like I wouldn't have wanted to see Vader at all in this season personally. Like no. that, well, that that's where I'm yeah. at. Like you gotta if you're telling an Obi Wan story in the middle of episode three and four, I think you gotta end with you know his his dealing with Vader being a thing, and so that yeah. that's just personally where I'm at. Um, but I don't you know, need we'll more see. Kenobi. I don't need more Kenobi. But what I, what I do like is we have introduced the path mm -hmm. we've introduced roken we've introduced these characters who are the beginning of the rebellion reva even i love the idea of these people who are along this and, and and i love the idea of expanding while we have this post original trilogy timeline having this pre-original trilogy timeline that we can that we can go forth and yep. kind of mine for more original series and more original content and also Cal Kestis gonna join that path. Maybe we get a, maybe we get a Cal Kestis show. I would love to see immediately after this. It doesn't even have to be a Cal Kestis show, but a show centered around the early formation of the rebellion in the path. Cal I would love be to there. see that. 
Cal can be there. Cal I don't think Cal Kestis show personally. Why are, you, why are you so anti-Kestis? I'm not. I love Kestis. Jedi Fallen Order is my second favorite thing in the current Star Wars canon. I love it. I just don't think they're ever going to intersect that video game kind of story universe that they're building and the live action stuff. I, 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 if, I don't if think they do it with do any, it. If they do it with anything, it will be Fallen Order, though, because that's oh, yeah. done so yeah. well for them. Um, yeah. And because they've got the people. like They look exactly like their characters and all yeah. of these things. Like yeah, the, face, the motion tracking. Kind of like, like how they like... did Clone Wars, where the, uh, like they cast some people who looked like their characters and stuff like that. Because yeah, like, that was so, something for greasy money, baby. I, I need to see it. I still um, need a whole show from him. I no, but he could show up in the past show because he's got to. I, I would like you know. That. I would like that personally. Um, I'd like yeah. that, especially with the the second game. Uh, you know taking place around the same time as this show I, I think is very interesting and maybe not a maybe not a coincidence um maybe, last maybe question a very important question because this episode ended with Luke and not what I predicted which was uh Obi-Wan calling out to his master one more time Qui-Gon and then the episode ending with just you hear uh uh, uh what's his face why am I blanking on the actor's name uh Liam. Liam Neeson just being like Obi and then the show cuts to black it did not end with that we have one more episode are we getting Qui-Gon Jinn in this final 100%. episode? 100%. 100%. I've been let down many, many, many times before from these Disney Plus shows of saying 100% this is going to happen, and it doesn't. But it was Luke Skywalker at the end of Mandalorian Season 2, and it's going to be Qui-Gon Jinn in the end of this. I, I'm pretty damn confident in that. I will say in terms of my hype levels for the next one, I'm in a really weird place where this is the first time in a long time with these any of the Disney Plus shows, Marvel or Star Wars, where – if I never saw next week's episode, I wouldn't be heartbroken. I'm kind of okay with this. And I think that that's a good place for me to be because there's a lot of potential really exciting stuff to happen next week. So I think that it's going to be hard for me to be disappointed because I think that at the very least, it's going to maintain what this show's given to me. But at the most, it's going to give me a fantastic fight. I'm going to get some great story development for Reva and I'm going to get Qui-Gon Jinn. So I'm hopeful You've reached for that. the acceptance stage is what you're yes. saying. <laughs> yeah. You accept, I think I reached what, that. you accept what Star Wars is now. I, I think I accepted that for <laughs> around him, episode <laughs> one and two of what this show was uh, after the, the the modern era of the, the stuff, which again, I'm okay with. I just don't love it as much as I... I thought that I would always love Star Wars. Uh, but yeah, having having leading into the finale and me being this kind, especially it ending on the Luke thing, there's more things that I'm like, please just pull this off. Please just pull this off. But honestly, I have faith. I think yeah. they're going to pull it off. I, I did not think that they needed the Qui-Gon moment. I understood the Qui-Gon moment and I thought it might be happening. But to answer your question, Barrett, there's no getting out of a, the next episode without a Qui-Gon moment. Even if it's just a whisper and a voice like, like they did for Rey, Mm -hmm. He will hear Qui-Gon's voice. I agree. It's very interesting because they hit us very hard with that every night he wakes up and calls out to Qui-Gon. And then they dropped it for the last couple of episodes. So I was like, eh, maybe. But I think they are hoping that we'll like kind of forget, forget about, about it, it. So it'll be like. I think it's the thing thing of not episode facing one. it. Right. I think it's the thing of not being in a place of fear and not chasing it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. You're, yeah. If point. you're chasing your connection to the force, it cannot happen. If you're afraid of losing your connection to the Force, you will yeah. lose your connection to the Force. And now that he's beginning to be brave again and beginning to be Obi-Wan again, he reacted more like Obi-Wan in this episode than we've ever seen him act in this so series. He's back. He's back. And, and that is why Qui-Gon can connect. storytelling right there, baby. And I think in addition to Tala literally like saving his life and being the one to go down so that him and Leia could get out, um, she also was the one who on the flight on the way over was like, 
you have to you have to accept things and like let things go and he was like some things are too hard to forget and she was just like well she just had this real like okay but you're gonna have to get over it yeah. you care about her okay great and then, even like, i don't want to delve i know we're wrapping up so i don't want to delve too much but but even that moment where we've seen him be like mind your own business keep your head down and when he was like we've got to bring her back to alderaan and roken's like nah dude we've got to bring all these people everywhere and he's like i will do everything i can to help and it's like obi-wan kenobi Let's go. Obi-Wan Kenobi, everybody. Let us know in the comments below what you thought of this episode. And we will return next week. Uh, if you're watching live on Patreon, it's actually going to be an earlier time than normal, 9.30 a.m. Stay tuned for all of that specific, of course. Till next time, Sage, where can people find you? You can find me everywhere on the internet at Not Sage or at Pixel Circus here on Twitch. We do a bunch of tabletop goodness. Anthony and I host a show called It's Too Early Together where we do morning gaming and pop culture news. There's lots of good stuff there. And uh, if anybody's going to VidCon, catch me there with Smosh next weekend. Hey, Anthony, what about you? Uh, everywhere on the internet at A Carboni, except for on Twitch where I'm at Anthony Carboni. Twitch, you cowards, it's mine. Give it back to me. Uh, my science comedy podcast with Jeff Kanata called We Have Concerns and, uh, um, watch my, watch my Twitter over the next couple of days for a big announcement about a thing oh. that's coming next week. Oh. It's exciting times. Mm -hmm. Till next time. I love you all. Goodbye.